it is on. You're right, it isn't that loud. <laughs> um, I'm Madeline, I'm an alcoholic. Good to see everybody. Um, my sobriety date is July 4th of 2005. My home group is There is a Solution. We are extremely well represented today. Um, and uh, I, of course, I have a sponsor, and um, well, I shouldn't say of course. I do have a sponsor, and um, I do sponsor other women. Uh, so, <clears throat> my topic is spiritual entity, the home group. Um, thank you for the other three speakers that came first. Uh, I feel like I feel like I don't have much to say after Sandy. She covered home group so well. <laughs> Um, but, you know, it's just a really good example of how big of a difference a good home group can actually make um, to somebody and their sobriety. So if you don't have one, get one. <laughs> um, I, uh, I was given this topic almost immediately after I'd been elected into a leadership position at my home group, so I feel very set up. <laughs> um, a little mixture of feelings about this. Um, but uh, I, I'm, you know, I have a long history in my sobriety of different home groups. Um, and of course, I'll tell you why. But um, it's, it's, it has been an absolutely essential part of my sobriety. It, you know, one of the things that we always tell new people uh, is, you know, get a sobriety date, a sponsor, and a home group, you know, and add a home group, get a commitment, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, those three things are, home group being one of them means that it really is one of the most important things that we need to have to have um, a good sobriety. And so, anyway, I uh, talked to Jerry about what it was that, um, you know, we have, I was trying to accomplish with this and want to stick to kind of the purpose of the this this day conference of, you know, keeping it simple and um, thank you for being here and thank you for sticking around for the fourth speaker. Um, not to this empty part here, but <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, one of the things that he said that really stuck out was... Um, talking about Tradition 5 and the long form, how it mentions that home group is a spiritual entity. Um, and I am a very literal, direct person, so I like to pick things apart. And um, I just think it's a really interesting, so I'll just read the long form. It says, each Alcoholics Anonymous group ought to be a spiritual entity having but one primary purpose, that of carrying its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. And so I thought, all right, I'm going to go into this a little bit. First, it says each Alcoholics Anonymous group. And I talked about this a little bit um, at our home group anniversary meeting. There's a solution just celebrated 13 years um, about the difference between an AA group and an AA meeting. Um, and I'll just quote it again. The AA group pamphlet um, says that some AA members hold AA meetings that differ from the common understanding of a group. These members, and this is just a meeting, simply gather at a set time and place for a meeting, perhaps for convenience or other special situations. Uh, the main difference between meetings and groups is that AA groups generally continue to exist outside the prescribed meeting hours, meeting, um, uh, sorry, uh, to offer services where needed. Um, and so I thought about um, there's a solution and about other meetings and groups that I've been to and how there's a solution 
and other groups that I belong to really do continue to exist outside the meeting hours um, and how we will go and go on a 12-step call or we'll go to somebody's house who just had surgery, for example, and they can't go to a meeting for a few weeks. Um, and, you know, we really will um, talk to each other, take calls any time of day or night uh, just to support and help. And it's, <laughs> our group, it's kind of funny, <laughs> We meet from 7 to 8 on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but um, people get there at like 4.35 to set up. We go to dinner at 5.30, um, and then some people stick around until almost like 10 talking after the meeting, so it turns into this all-evening kind of <laughs> event. Um, but there's the fellowship side of this group is, it's just so deep. Uh, the way that, you know, and it's like we don't, I don't know. I've been to meetings where they have these little cliques where these little groups of people kind of get together. And, you know, I think there's a solution has um, some people that are closer with one another. But when we're in that meeting space and before and after the meeting and at dinner, we are one big clique. You know, like we, we don't stay only within our group of people that we know or like. We will, we actually, most of us really like each other a lot. <laughs> um, and it's, it's nice. Um, so the spiritual entity part, um, this is kind of nerdy, but I looked up Oxford languages so that spiritual is relating to or affecting the human spirit or soul, and entity is a thing with a distinct and independent existence. Um, I have, I loved that uh, because I feel like my home group does have a distinct and independent existence, and yet at the same time, we remain part of a much greater whole of AA. Um, we're very connected through general service and our local intergroup. Um, but when people come to our meeting, they constantly tell us, wow, I felt so welcomed when I came in the door. And I just, I, that's just one of those things that's just really, I think, special about our group. Um, and the one primary purpose, you know, carrying its message, carrying the message of AA, or here we go, carrying, what's your home group's message? Um, I think, and I meant to ask you about this, uh, there's a solution had like a mission statement of sorts at some point. Is that right? Well, for the steering committee, there's one, sure. But I feel like I read one uh, a while ago. Um, I feel like I read, read one a while ago or saw something at some point. But I know, at least for my home group, um, one of the, the things that we try to accomplish is remain solution-based um, remain open. Uh, we have a closed discussion meetings and we have open uh, newcomer meetings. We have, um, you know, we remain, we don't have a ton of announcements. We don't do chips. We don't, a lot of the things that our group has done, does, has been decided by home group members either a long time ago and it's still working so we're still doing it or we refine things through time of how do we keep the meeting focused on um, carrying the message the, as the most that we possibly can. So we have more time for sharing, you know, things like that, um, and really do have a pretty structured kind of format and way that we advise chairs how to call on people and how to chair a meeting that remains solution-based, you know. So that naming us, as, you know, there is a solution. We really stick to that. Um, the alcoholic who still suffers, you know, I've, I'm, I have 17 years now, and I can tell you, 
when I was new, I was definitely suffering, and there are times throughout my sobriety, and even now, that I still suffer. Um, and it's, I don't know if it's necessarily the same problems. I mean, I guess it all kind of boils down to fear and self-centeredness. So yeah, you could say it's some of the same problems, but um, the, the, the way that the home group is there, and like I don't go to a meeting today because I need a meeting you know I go to a meeting today because um well there's a lot of reasons um I feel like that's falls under a different part I will come back to that um (laughs) so the the I don't know the book even calls out selfishness self-centeredness that we think is the root of our troubles um at home group I see people actually doing the walk you know there's a whole lot of talk as well but I see people actually following through with what they're gonna say Um, and that's because I'm a consistent member who attends the meeting and the people who are also consistent it's like we have these business meetings and people make commitments and we can see whether or not they're being followed through with we can see if they're doing the work outside of home group hours to actually complete that commitment or follow through with something Um, And, you know, I may not know somebody very well. Our home group is actually quite large now. Um, But when I see them over and over again, that makes an impact on me. Uh, And I know that when I've heard several people, I mean, I used to, when I was new, I used to love going to home group meetings and seeing the same people over and over again, even if I wasn't that close with them. and I've been told by people before who've either moved or they've gone out or whatever, they come back and they can they name off. They're like, I still see so and so, so and so, you, so and so. You know what I mean? And I'm like, and it, we may not talk to them, but just being there, being consistent, that has um, a lot of meaning and depth and weight for people. Because um, again, it's about action today, and we've already talked about that. Um, Early in sobriety, uh, I think a home group is especially essential for somebody who's new. Um, We were kind of talking about this, and I really like the phrasing that that you used. It was um, overcoming this powerful identification with drinking behaviors, and um, I even call it recent survival skills, because that's what, you know, this, the isolation that we have, this independence, this... um, It's kind of survival, you know, when we're out there drinking. But when we get sober, it's the exact opposite. (laughs) But if we continue to behave the same way that we did just to survive while we were drinking, if we do that in sobriety, we will eventually drink again. Um, Because as the other speakers have said, you know, we have to change uh, our behaviors, our way of thinking, all of that has to change. It doesn't happen overnight. But again, getting a good home group. Um, I, uh, like my behaviors, my patterns, they come out of experience and um, the bad ones come out of fear. The good ones come out of faith, you know? And uh, the more consistent I am with something, the better I'm gonna learn it. And um, going to home group, that's, that's how I learn to trust people. That's how I learn to be trusted. That's how I. That's that's where I learn how that I can be vulnerable. Um, there have been a lot of hurdles, but I've personally been able to overcome 
uh, by being a part of the home group for so long. Um, and this definitely is the longest I've been a part of any home group, mostly because I just didn't move again. <laughs> um, I, uh, I started drinking uh, when I was about 15, 16 from Chicago, the city. And um, when I quit, I was about 23 um, and went to intense outpatient treatment. And, um, you know, it's interesting that I talked about this powerful identification um, that newcomers have with this, the, the, our old behaviors and the isolation, the independence. Um, that, the power of identification is what got me to admit that I was an alcoholic and that to identify as one. Um, and that was because of this guy I met in outpatient. Um, that wasn't even in AA, but by the time I uh, finished outpatient, I went to um, a bunch of meetings on my own. I didn't get a home group. I barely had a sponsor by name. Um, and I just decided I'm gonna work. I can do this on my own, I'm good, you know? Like the, the self-knowledge. Like that was me, and um, I completely lost my mind and uh, moved to San Diego because it didn't snow there um, about two years later. Um, and about two months after that, I drank again uh, and I planned it. I was like, I did not get sober to feel as miserable because, of course, when I moved to San Diego, I was happy for like two weeks, you know, and then. <laughs> I was there, so I got miserable real quick again. Um, and I saw people drinking around me with no consequence. The book calls that impunity. And um, so I, you know, I immediately got into a relationship. And uh, about a year and a half later, um, that that relationship was being very threatened by alcohol. <laughs> My behavior, of course, I couldn't have told you that then. But um, I called the number in the yellow pages for AA because I also did not have any friends. And um, I don't know, I mean, God works <laughs> in very powerful ways, connected me with a very intense group of alcoholics in AA. And um, I ended up getting a sponsor. I, went, I had one home group, but I went to the same five meetings every week. Um, I. Um, worked all the steps um, with an amazing sponsor. Um, you know, I learned what I learned what a home group um, can do for a newcomer just based on my own experience of being there and being consistent and seeing the same faces. It's funny. One of those, four of those five meetings that I went to had the same people at them every time. So it was like a big, very big, but very tight group of people. And uh, you know, that's what I needed at the time, which was great. Um, and I told my sponsor, you know, things that started getting getting better with my relationship. And I told my sponsor, you know, I, I kind of want to stay home a little bit now. Like, things are better at home. Like, I want to not go to five meetings a week. And she said, okay, well, you know, let's... Of course, I made my argument, whatever. And I'm sure she just wanted me to stop talking. And she was like, all right, one. You know, you can let go of one. Which one? And I was like, well, I don't know. I was kind of thinking about this or this. And she goes, what about your Wednesday meeting? <laughs> and I was like, that's the only one that I don't see any of you at. I have to keep that meeting. <laughs> I was like, you're all driving me nuts. <laughs> so she was like, uh, okay. Um, and I ended up, it's, it's like I dropped a meeting, but I ended up going most of the time still anyway. It's just patterns. Um, 
Uh, so then, but I didn't really have any home group uh, positions or anything at the home group that I was at. It was a huge meeting. It had like 200 people and it had a steering committee and I didn't know, understand really anything about what they did, um, except for in the business meeting, they had a report. And, um, you know, it was like a different language at the time. But uh, when, I, when we moved, um, we, about two years into my sobriety, we moved um, to Las Vegas. And um, I very quickly got resentful because people weren't calling me every day, all day, to see how I was doing. And, because um, they have lives and they're busy. Uh, but I eventually stopped calling my sponsor, and I'd already gotten some spiritual release and freedom from working the steps in San Diego. And um, I struggled really bad with the concept of higher power. Um, but I relied on my sponsor, and I relied on my, my group, and my, um, the, fe the fellowship, you know, the friends I had come to know and really care about. And so when I moved, it was a big hit. Because I felt like I was now cut off from all of those things. And I got very, very close to drinking again when I was in Vegas. I actually planned it out how I was going to do it. And then I caught myself in the middle of it going, oh, this isn't good. And uh, I, by that point, I had picked a home group. Um, I had started going. And I uh, said, I went to a business meeting and I said, I want a commitment. I want a position because that's how I know I'm going to stay plugged in. And they said, oh, we don't have any. We already had elections. It's going to be a while. And I said, well, I've noticed you don't have any greeters. And they said, oh, well, I mean, you can if you want to. You know, where I, the home group I came from in San Diego had a gauntlet you had to walk through. I mean, literally, like, 15, 20 people on each side. It was like, if I forgot something in the car, I had to sneak back in the side just so I didn't have to go through that again. Um, so I... Uh, I was like, I'll be your greeter, and they laughed, and they said, okay, whatever, and so I just started showing up 20, 30 minutes early, and you know, you do the, can you get by me, stick your hand in, like, basically in front of them, and insist on, oh, you know, my name is Madeline, what's yours, welcome to, you know, the meeting, and um, they laughed at me, <laughs> and they, they just, they were like, oh, you're really doing it, huh, okay, <laughs> you know, sure, whatever, but there was this one girl who, um, you know, she thought it was kind of cute, and then uh, we'd start talking, we were about the same age, and um, she ended up talking with me, and just by that, greeting as well, and then she started coming early to greet with me, and it was cool. Um, she was like my first real friend in, in Las Vegas in AA, and I realized after a little while I really did not like that group, and um, <laughs> they really didn't care uh, if I was reading or not, so um, I, I had found, you know, this is, it's, it's funny, I, the stereotypes that I learned in San Diego, I didn't realize I was learning them until I was somewhere else. Um, so I had had kind of um, a judgment, I'll just admit it and say that, uh, toward women's meetings. Um, and um, I, uh, you know, I went to one and thought I was an expert and they were all like that, but obviously they weren't. Um, my friend, uh, she brought me to a meeting and um, by that point I had also gotten a new sponsor and she was part of this women's meeting and they said, oh, you should come to this meeting, it's really good. And I said, oh, fine. And I went, and it was so good. <laughs> it's like I was really surprised. Um, 
So I ended up getting that as my home group. Um, and that's when I started really getting into general service. I had only really done tiny home group positions like greeting or coffee or, I mean, they're very important. I don't mean to diminish them at all, but um, I hadn't done anything outside of the home group structure uh, before. And so um, they made me alternate JSR. And uh, they were so, I mean, it was like 70 women in that group, it was awesome. And they were so um, supportive of general service that there's something called um, PRASA, which there's one down here also, um, but it's the Pacific Regional Assem um, Assembly of Alcoholics Anonymous, Service Assembly, something like that, sorry, I'm messing it up. But anyway, um, we they flew me and the GSR, and one of the, the DCM was also part of the home group, but they flew us to Oakland for this giant service conference over the weekend, um, got hotel rooms and everything, and I was just like, I came back a complete nerd on a service. Like, I was like, this is it, man, this is so exciting. And I was going to, like, I went to the treasurer meeting, and I remember our, our district treasurer was there, and he was like, why are you here? <laughs> I don't know, it's just cool. <laughs> so, um, but I just, I mean, that group allowed me to get lit up with service that way. And, um, you know, I started doing hotline calls there because um, they, it was just, it was in San Diego, the hotline calls were taken in the office there, in their intergroup office. In Las Vegas, they forwarded it to your phone. So I was like, oh, that's cool. So um, I started doing that and then, um, you know, life just keeps rolling and that relationship ended and the job that I had at that point um, which was an accidental career. I got it through a temp agency. I just really needed income. And um, I ended up advancing because I'd never been drunk at that job. I'd never, you know, I was applying traditions. <laughs> I would go and um, refuse to talk to people about politics, you know. I would refuse to engage in something that wasn't focused on work. And not like in a bad way, but I would just be like, I'm going to go over here and do something else now. Um, and I just stayed out of a lot of the drama of the workplace um, because I was practicing the traditions. And, you know, those I learned from my sponsor and from the home group, you know. And so uh, I was offered a job in North Carolina. And I thought, why would anybody ever want to live in North Carolina? <laughs> and uh, that was in 2009, and I'm still here. <laughs> so now I know why people want to live in North Carolina. But... Um, when I came here, I didn't want Las Vegas to happen again, so I went a little overboard, as we do. Uh, I got three home groups. <laughs> I went to eight meetings a week. <laughs> um, but I moved here. I moved here for work, so and with four years of sobriety. So almost having drank in the middle of my sobriety. So I was terrified that I would um, that Vegas would happen again and that I would judge my way out of AA. And um, I knew that service was a huge part of my key of staying involved. And so I talked to my, I got a new sponsor right away when I moved here because I, a lot of people do the long distance. I, that's not for me. I got to do the face-to-face -face thing. Um, so I talked to her about it and she was like, wow. Okay. She was like, well, 
how are you going to do that? You know, what's that going to look like? And so I was GSR for one group. I was in a group rep for another group. And um, <laughs> the other one, they genuinely didn't have any positions. So again, I just like attached myself to the door and just greeted everybody that came in. Um, so uh, what that looked like for me in terms of voting was the group I was GSR for, that's the group I would vote for those things. And the other two, I wouldn't vote on those GSR, on those assembly items, right? And the one I was intergroup for, that's the one I would vote for the intergroup rep, the intergroup stuff, but I wouldn't vote at the other group. So I wasn't like tripling my vote anywhere. So that's just a little technical <laughs> thing about it. But, um, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's really interesting how those things have kind of changed and taken shape. Um, one of those groups that I was a home group member at, uh, it's funny that, Karen's here today is um, me and my friend Karen and Jane. We it we had such a hard time trying to hold this group together, and it just almost fell apart so many times. And um, it was a good group, but it just had a really inconsistent kind of participation level from the other home group members. <laughs> put it nicely. Uh, and so we would have these business meetings and we would say, okay, these are the commitments that this group can take in the area to keep us connected. And these are the things we need to do. And people would say, oh yeah, I'm gonna go do that. And then three months, not even, two months later, just ghost town, you know? They're not coming to business meetings, they're not going to their commitment, they're not showing up to home group meetings. And I would say, okay, you know? And I'd send out an email to the group and I'd say, Right, are you even home group member now? Yes, okay, well, all right, it's just been a while since I've seen you, just wanna make sure you're doing okay. <laughs> and then I'd say, we're gonna have a business meeting, it's okay if we let go of these positions, but, <laughs> but we've gotta actually show up if we're gonna do them. And they would show up and say, yes, we're gonna do them, and then the same thing would happen again. So I learned through that that you cannot, one person, even two, three, can't fix a group. You know, I, we've got to come to believe and understand that groups, um, they grow, they thrive, they, you know, start to um, kind of die out, and then they can even stop, and that's okay. Um, and, you know, all I can do is participate and follow through with the commitment that I've made, and that's, that's, that's the one thing I can do that I've seen other people do, is that lead by example. Um, sort of principle, um, but I, and I definitely wore out my sponsor with all that stuff, <laughs> poor lady. Um, so I finally picked There's a Solution as my one home group, it's funny because that wasn't one of the three originally, <laughs> um, but There's a Solution didn't even exist before that. I joined when it was one year old, and like I said, we just celebrated 13 years. So it's really interesting, the, the being a home group member of one home group for that long, um, that's, you know, that's new for me because all the others, it was two years max and, uh, seeing the group change and grow and, uh, evolve, especially recently, um, you know, we, we had our, we've had a few, uh, inventories and out of our last inventory, we decided we needed a steering committee. And so our group now has a steering committee, which is awesome. Um, it's that big. And, uh, you know, our, we even moved, we changed location, but our focus remains the same. And it's been a little rough, kind of bumpy, kind of trying to maintain that, because um, we've got a whole new group of people attending, and so the home group 
members have tried really hard to keep us on track, you know, and um, I think we've done a pretty good job. Um, also, one of the things that uh, there's a solution is let me do is have several different service positions. So I talked about, you know, having been all like intergroup rep and GSR and all that stuff. Um, and that's, those are, those are service like, committee meetings that I go to outside of the group and then I bring the report back and have the group participate if possible in whatever it is that we're having. Um, when I, as, as I kind of have stayed a part of there's a solution, I found that the, I guess the way that my participation has, has kind of grown and altered in that group is I made a decision at one point to just bring all that service home. That's what I called it. Um, so I wasn't, I didn't have any outside positions anymore, um, but I was focusing really closely on supporting the actual home group itself. So I started coming early, I started setting up, I started doing all that stuff. And that's really, I think, when I got, um, it's funny, Jerry used to have a meeting or a dinner before the meeting Tuesdays with some sponsees and I just started crashing it. <laughs> I was like, I'm hungry, I wanna go. Um, and now it's like a huge thing. Our group has dinner before, basically before each meeting now. Um, and uh, it's like, it's just been a really big part of, I don't know, just my sobriety and watching other people come and go and grow. Um, and I still feel like I got a little tricked into it, but I am the group's first chairperson for our steering committee, which is a really big honor. Um, that kind of leadership, uh, is something that I've definitely had to learn, but I feel like I feel like it's prepared me. Um, at work, I've been just even in the past week, I've been um, asked to be a part of some leadership, and I just started that job. You know, it's uh, it's really amazing, um, and I've been able to manage departments at my last job before that. Um, just because of the things I've learned in AA and being a part of a home group member and being a part of service committees and uh, the things that I've you know, just been given the opportunity to do. Um, one of the other things too that, that I've learned uh, how to do, and I did sort of mention this, um, is learning how to trust and how to have relationships with people that don't end when we have a disagreement, <laughs> you know. Um, that was definitely that kind of alcoholic that was like, if we're gonna have a fight, that means that our relationship's over. Like, it's done, it's all or nothing. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like it's a skill that my family sort of taught me and I've honed with them as I was growing up, but the silent treatment is, uh, we're all kind of ninjas at it in my family. <laughs> and, um, I can, I can ice somebody out real fast, <laughs> but when you're going to the same home group meeting twice a week, it's really hard to do that. <laughs> so it's nice, you know, that I'm forced to see um, somebody that I'm struggling with, you know, whether it be a disagreement at a business meeting or um, a topic that was shared about or just, uh, you know, the way sponsorship is or whatever. <laughs> 
Everybody does. Wait, what? Oh, grapevine jokes. Yep, there's that. Um, grapevine's a big deal at our group, in case you guys didn't pick up on that. <laughs> um, so, um, so, you know, it's like, I used to get real bent out of shape whenever I would have a disagreement with somebody, but now it's like, I know that that relationship's okay. You know, I, we can, we can disagree, we can fight, <laughs> um, and it's fine, and we can still love each other and be friends. Um, you know, I, uh, one of the things, and I know Jerry wanted me to mention this as well, and I'm glad I almost forgot, it, struggling with my relationship with a higher power has been something that was so sort of dominant in my early sobriety. The first four years of my sobriety, I didn't believe in God. Um, I tried. I, you know, I, I went back and forth. Um, you know, I couldn't decide if I was an atheist or an agnostic. It just depended on the day. You know, I'm like, there's, you know, there's, there's no specific proof or there can't be anything out there. You know, um, even though, of course, I'd already gone through the steps twice at that point. I'd already had these spiritual experiences of making amends to people that went in a way that is so amazing and that there's, you know, I'd already had life experiences that no group of people could ever plan. You know, it's just, that's gotta be God. There's gotta be something out there. Um, and it wasn't, it's funny, I, I joke about moving to the Bible Belt and not being able to admit that I couldn't believe in God until I got here because it was just too much of it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, all right, fine, I don't believe, go away. Um, <laughs> and uh, when I, but it wasn't quite that, you know, simple or funny. It was, it was a big deal for me to kind of come out of the closet with that. And at my home group, um, you know, there are some people who, when they share, they talk about their belief in a particular God or religion or whatever. And um, for somebody who secretly didn't believe in God, I felt like, you know, if I did admit that I didn't, that I would be judged out or that I would be dismissed or that, um, you know, somehow I would be disqualified. And uh, when I finally, because I trusted, and I really liked, there's a solution was kind of small at that time. Um, I really, I felt a connection with the people at that meeting. Um, I admitted in a share one night that I don't believe in God. And um, that, you know, I had done my best with the steps and that I was still sober and it had been, I think, seven years at that point, something like that, of sobriety, and, um, oh no, it was four years, yep, that's right, and, you know, it's like, I just didn't, I didn't, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't hold that front anymore, and I felt like I was lying when I would say the Lord's Prayer, and, um, <laughs> so nervous, the meeting ended, and I, my heart was still beating so fast, and I felt super vulnerable, and, you know, I just, I just had came clean with it, and, one of the home group members came right up to me, and I was like, oh, here it comes, here it comes, you know? I was like, crap. And I was like, this guy's going to yell at me, tell me not to come back. And he just came up to me and was like, you know, I'm really glad you felt comfortable sharing that. Thank you for sharing that and being honest, you know? It, it seems like you really needed to get that out. <laughs> I was like, what? Yes, I did. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's really great. 
And I really, I think that was the point where I was like, oh, yeah, I think I can really call this a home group for me now. Mm. Yes, I trusted them and liked them, but now I really feel like I've been completely accepted by these people, you know? And um, I'm still very open about that part of my sobriety, especially in newcomer meetings, because I know I'm not the only one that struggles with that. Since then, I've come to um, believe in and have a relationship with a higher power that's... uh, very clear for me today and very, very powerful. Um, But again, that happened through talking with some other home group members, you know, Um, and being able to be trusted and trust and be vulnerable, et cetera. Uh, So um, I'll come back to this. I, I have, obviously I have notes. I have many reasons for going to a particular AA meeting. and you know it's I, I like I said life happens I recently decided I would say the last five years decided to go back to school um, and I quit my career of 10 years that accidental job that I got um, I have overcommitment issues <laughs> and uh, I decided I wanted to do something um, really useful with my life I the job I had before wasn't a terrible job by any means, but it had no spiritual meaning for me at all. Um, it was, it was to me, I was, the longer I was sober, the more I could see that I had um, abilities and gifts and intelligence and willingness to um, help people and share. And I just felt like I was wasting eight hours of every day <laughs> of those, those desires at that job. And um, I got really desperate and prayed and begged about what I could do. And, uh, you know, it's as, as I went through those struggles, um, being a home group member and continuing to do as much service as I could through the home group, um, it helped me. Right? I was like, okay, I just need to max out my AA service, and then I can make up for the time that I'm not, that I'm wasting at work, you know? And it just, I got to a point where there wasn't enough AA that could help me during those hours where I just felt like I was, my spirit was dying. And I'm a little dramatic, but um, that's how it felt. And um, so I decided to go back to school, which I vowed I would never do. Um, and I just recently (laughs) became a nurse, uh, which is really awesome. Um, I feel like I went off the deep end, though, with helping people. (laughs) So, um, no, but I love it. And, you know, balancing school, and I continue to work, and um, sponsor, sponsees, spiritual practice, and home group was quite a challenge, and I think Sandy talked about that a little bit, too. Um, you know, I can identify with what Steve said. He said, nope, we about both lost our minds. Like, yes, I've definitely lost my mind when I was in school, but, um, you know, it was worth it. I, I continued to come to home group, and I would practically be falling asleep during some of them. Um, the only ones that I really missed, and I was taught the same thing, you better be out of town or dead if you're not at home group. <laughs> um, but today I'm a little more uh, relaxed about that, but um, I would miss, I remember I had a <laughs> clinical rotation that was every Thursday night for like two, two and a half months, and I called my sponsor and I was like, I can't go to home group, and he's like, it's fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's temporary. All the complaints I had, I just kept getting told they're temporary, they're temporary, you know? And so I had to remember that. Um, these struggles, these challenges, they're all temporary. When I was early in sobriety, I went to meetings for a lot of different reasons. Um, some of them were that my friends were going to be there um, because of what we were all going to go do after. <laughs> um, uh, you know, dinner after the meeting was a big deal. Now it's dinner before the meeting. I think that's age. I don't know. <laughs> but um, we would, you know, I'd go to a meeting to hear or see a particular speaker. Um, maybe they had free food. You know, that was always a bonus. Um, I'm just going to be honest. There was somebody I was kind of... Look, looking after <laughs> might have been at that meeting you know um, um, making eyes at it uh, or I, I would go just because my sponsor told me I had to go you know and I'm like alright um, also early in sobriety I really wanted to get away from home my relationship was not good and um, it was nice to take a break you know but eventually like I said I got to the point where he was like, no, I want you to stay home. And I was like, what? <laughs> really? Uh, but I also went because, um, you know, going to those meetings and hearing people and having that identification with the struggle and then having them talk about a solution and getting suggestions of how to deal with certain problems that I was going through, um, learning where the solution was and how those, the steps and traditions were applied to someone's life, I could say, oh, okay, I can try that in mine. So I would go to meetings for that, and, um, you know, I would end up talking to some newcomers too, but it didn't connect uh, quite then that how beneficial that actually was um, and how that, you know, it's, it's that selfishness and self-centeredness and how um, talking to others and not even knowing I'm helping them but actually helping them um, and getting my mind off of myself is what's helping me. And it's just, it's just amazing how easy it is to do. Um, I started thinking about the traditions when I was writing all this stuff down and thinking about how the, and we actually had a tradition meeting at our group the other night and how the home group is the absolute perfect ideal scenario for practicing all of the traditions, you know? So anything that I want to work on or get better in my life, I can always start with home group first. And those are the people that are going to be the most understanding and forgiving, and I'm allowed to make mistakes. Um, you know, I might get some flack for it, but you know, they're still gonna love me and accept me and tell me that I can come back, you know? Um, it's, it's just really nice. I Now, I will go to a meeting um, to hear a message that's being shared um, to help newcomers, um, to see my fellow home group members, again, the dinner before. Um, if there's dinner after, I'm like, I've got to go to bed. <laughs> um, also, because I made a commitment to the group, I know how important that is today, especially for me. Um, there might be somebody there who needs to see me or somebody I need to see. Uh, like I said, I've been told by people that, you know, they didn't even talk to me, but it made them feel better just to see me and a couple other people who are always at the meeting. Uh, <laughs> I remember one time recently I went to the meeting and 
there's this girl who used to come a lot and she doesn't come very much anymore. And after the meeting, she got up with me and she was like, hey, I wanted to talk to you about this. And I said, oh, okay, cool. And she was like, yeah, I came tonight just to talk to you. And I was listless to not going, <laughs> you know, because my head would just start going and going and going. And um, I like to joke that the home group moved just to save my membership, but <laughs> they didn't. They were um, kind of a far drive for me, and now they're it's about half the drive, which is excellent, uh, which means I can stay a little bit later and talk, you know. Um, it's eight minutes away from my job, which is excellent because I can go to dinner. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's funny. When I first joined the group, I was so excited and on fire for it. <laughs> I used to call my sponsor and feel like, I just want to call and tell you how much I love my hunger. <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> she was like, she's been sober for a long time. And she was like, that's great, Madeline. <laughs> and then I became GSR and I stopped telling her that. <laughs> Um, it really is a challenge to be um, in a leadership position with a group of people where we're all equals. Because um, there's no telling anybody what to do. There's no chain of command. There's no, you know, none of the defined sort of roles and expectations that are at, in a workplace are in AA. Um, constantly have to remember that all the leaders that are in AA, in a home group, in assembly, in a district, it doesn't, in a group, whatever, it doesn't matter, um, that we're, we're there to support this group that, um, that if it weren't for them, we wouldn't even be here, you know? It's just, it's, it's just very humbling to, to see it reverse like that, uh, knowing that, um, Everything that I've learned, all of the adulting behaviors that I have have come from AA. Um, you know, I don't, I've always had a strong sense of responsibility, but the execution of that has, was really poor before I came to AA. Uh, we are very good starters, um, and I also am a very good starter. I'll get excited about something and go, oh yeah, this is going to be the plan. And then the minute it gets boring or inconvenient or whatever, I would just be like, bye, <laughs> you know? Um, unless it was a bad relationship, and then I'll stay forever. <laughs> yeah, just about that one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's not, that's not the case anymore today, like I said. Um, <laughs> now I'll just stay a little bit past when I'm supposed to. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I already talked about how Fixing a home group isn't really possible. Um, one of the things I also learned in a home group um, is about just general safety. Um, there are so many different levels of safety in a home group. I'm not going to do a safety talk. But, um, you know, just something to think about is spiritual safety, about not making any jokes about somebody else's, about a religion, you know, recovering Catholic. That's actually really offensive. <laughs> um, and I didn't realize that until I was at a meeting and a girl after the meeting was real upset and it wasn't here, it was in Las Vegas and I went up to her and I said, hey, what's going on? And she said, I've actually, since I've gotten sober, rediscovered um, Catholicism and I love it and I think it's beautiful and really deep and people make fun of it and it was a harsh meeting for that 
there was a lot of jokes about that at that meeting. And she said, people just keep putting it down. And I didn't think, I thought that was an outside issue. And I was like, you are right. <laughs> you know, like I had to really, I never thought about that. I always thought it was cute. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just another perspective that I've learned being part of a fellowship and listening to people. Um, there's emotional sobriety, physical, mental, financial, sexual, verbal, all sorts of these things. We just have to remember that as home group members, we represent that. Um, and we, you know, welcome newcomers into a safe space on all those different levels. Um, when we can do that, I think that respect that creates that unity and keeps us bound together, that that kind of forms, you know, and we can build off of that. We can have differing opinions and still have respect for one another. Um, again, it's something that I've had to practice and learn. Uh, some, some days are better than others. But, you know, that's why we have inventories. That's why we have sponsors. That's why we have friends that we can call uh, about, you know, things that we just need to vent about um, so we don't have to go and damage those relationships anymore. Uh, the, the traditions, I think about tradition one and how that, that talks about unity, but it also Specifically, to me, it talks about the sacrifice that each one of us has to make in order to sort of produce that unity and about surrender. Today, my key words, at least in my sobriety, like I go through phases, focusing on something and like seeing how it applies to everything. And um, surrender and sacrifice really are the way that I maintain anything today. Um, knowing that I'm an alcoholic and, you know, just being comfortable with that and knowing that even though it's been a long time since I've had a drink, those two years that I spent in Chicago not drinking and not going to AA, <laughs> those two years of pain, uh, I can have those back any day, you know. I can think of a resentment um, toward this, you know, this event on my way home in the car and vow never to come back again and not drink, just be angry all the time. You know, I can do that. But for me to not do that, I've got to surrender and make the sacrifice of my ego, my opinion, my whatever. This event is great. That was just an example. Sorry, Dixon. <laughs> that was just a bad example. Um, anyway, it's, it's, again, the home group is where I have a unique opportunity to practice all of that stuff. Um, so, you know, knowing that I have a group of people who understand, support, and encourage me, and that I'm not alone, I don't have to isolate anymore, that's what A is about to me today, um, is that we are not alone. We can stay sober. Um, we don't have to be miserable. Um, the belief in a higher power is something that everybody has independently, and that's fine. But the love that we all share, we do together. You know, um, so however, however that faith is practiced, we can do that together. Again, no matter how different each one of us are, um, and the home group again is the perfect place to do all that. So, thank you for uh, asking me to speak and staying, and um, have a great weekend. <laughs>